of an age, I'm always happy when my legs work when I get up. You know what I mean? You older ladies understand that. Anyway, praise the Lord. What a blessing. Oh, you're all so beautiful, just like she said earlier. You look out and see your beautiful faces. What a blessing to be here together. Um, I want to give you a warning, though. Here it is. Twas the month after Christmas, and all through the house, nothing would fit me, not even a blouse. <laughs> the cookies I had nibbled, the eggnog I'd taste at the holiday parties had gone to my waist. When I got on the scales, there arose such a number. When I walked to the store, less a walk than a lumber. I'd remember the marvelous meals I'd prepared, the gravies and sauces and beef nicely reared, the punch and the candy, the bread and the cheese, and the way I had not said, no, thank you, please. As I dressed myself in my husband's old shirt and prepared once again to do battle with dirt, I said to myself, as I only can, you can't spend the winter disguised as a man. So away with the last of the sourdough sour cream dip, get rid of the fruitcake, every cracker and chip, every last bit of food that I like must be banished till all the additional ounces have vanished. I won't have a cookie, not even a bite. I won't only, only to chew on a, excuse me, not even a lick. I only want to chew on a long celery stick. I won't have hot biscuits or cornbread or pie. I'll munch on a carrot and quietly cry. I'm hungry, I'm lonesome, and life is a bore. But isn't that what January's for? <laughs> Unable to giggle, no longer a riot. Happy New Year to all, and to all a good diet. <laughs> that is a warning, okay? <laughs> Just a little bit of jolly before we get into what really matters because what is this season all about jesus the reason for the season and i love that jesus the radiance of god's glory hallelujah that's exactly who he is god came to earth as jesus god in the flesh i love that because i always think of carne asada right <laughs> jesus was the incarnation, God in the flesh. You'll never forget that. Carne asada. You'll get hungry when you think about it. But he is. He is the radiant. He is, he is God in the flesh. Isn't that awesome? And then look here. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what he was. Glorified through Jesus Christ. And now... Because when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within you, and now you can bring glory to God because he's in you. Isn't that awesome? What a privilege. What a gift that we have Jesus in us, right? I don't have to go to any special place to have a relationship with him. Sometimes my bathroom just to get away from people, right? But... Other than that, Jesus is with us all the time, everywhere, no matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening. Our God is so faithful. The other day, um, we have a lady, and I live in Murrieta, California. I go to church in Temecula, and um, there's a lady in our church. She's from China, 
she is the most aggressive missionary I've ever met. She's here in America, and you would not believe how many Chinese people are living in our areas. And every time she sees somebody and knows they're Chinese, she goes up and she shares Jesus with them. And the awesome thing is she's in the public school because there's so many Chinese in the school, they need translators sometimes. And she goes and translates for these students. Well, as they're walking out from their time with her and the teacher, she starts sharing Jesus. And many of these Chinese ladies have come to Jesus because of Catherine's witness, Catherine letting Jesus shine through her. We have over 80 Chinese Christians in our church right now. And they have little earphones, and she translates everything the pastor says. And these Chinese Christians are hearing the word of God. Well, the other day I was privileged to be in a prayer meeting with about 10 of these Chinese ladies. And I, it, they invited me saying it was a potluck. I was expecting food and nothing else. <laughs> and just as we, all the food was laid out, the lady, Catherine, said to me, and now you're going to teach. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Praise God. Instant in season and out, right? Thank God he's with me all the time because I was going, okay. I had just started looking at this verse and kind of meditating on this verse, kind of chewing on it. You know how that is? And I thought, well, I'll start with that verse. But where I'm going, only God knows. But this is the awesome thing about our God. You see, he loves those precious, brand-new Chinese Christians. And he wanted to share with those Christians what that verse is all about. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But God gave me a precursor to this today with those Chinese ladies. And they would read the verses in Chinese, and then I would share what the verse was about. And it was God. I'm telling you what, it was the most exciting adventure ever. Because as I would do one verse, the Holy Spirit would put another verse in my mind, I'd go to that next verse. Oh my goodness, it was like a GPS of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was the most powerful thing I've ever seen. It was amazing. And they had no idea. They thought I pre-planned it all. Hey, when you have Jesus, Baby, you're instant, in season and out. Nothing to do with you. You're nada. But Jesus, isn't he amazing? I, he's just so, and I did find out this. In Chinese, when you say Abba Father, it's Abba Fu. Abba Fu. That means Abba Father in Chinese. So now, you're, when you're excited, just say Abba Fu. Abba Father. That's what we're going to talk about. Okay. We're in December, aren't we? Can you believe it? Here's December. Where I used to think Christmas took forever to get here. Not anymore. Now that I'm old, Christmas, I put the things away, and it's time to pull them out again. I can't believe it, right? So here we are in December, and what I want to ask you is why do we put so many things in December, right? You don't decorate trees all year. You don't bake Christmas cookies all year. You don't go out and shop for presents all year. You don't send Christmas cards. Some of us still do that. Uh, all these things we push into one little month. All the special parties or get-togethers or 
family get-togethers and church get-togethers and old lady get-togethers, what you were talking about this morning. You're going to have that happy hat day, whatever. Okay, but Christmas, December, crazy, crazy, crazy. And I'll tell you what, with the craziness can come a lot of stress, especially nowadays. I can't believe the price of food. Can you? My, we're, we're almost going to have to be like Elijah and, and have the angel bring us a, a pizza on a rock. I mean, it's getting really crazy, isn't it? The stress, the, you know, sometimes when we get stressed over situations like I don't know what to buy for so-and-so, I don't have money to buy anything. Oh, my goodness, all these things I feel like I need to cook and I need to bake and blah, 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 and I'm not really a good baker and oh, all this stress. Hmm. Sometimes you get kind of snippy with the husband if you have one or with the kids or the neighbors or whoever. We can kind of get stressed and then it, it shows. And definitely we're not bringing glory to Jesus. We're, being, we're bring, bringing uh, mayhem on whoever's closest, right? But listen, I want you to press the pause button right now. For these next few moments, I want us to just let go of all the many things you have to do. Let go of that stress because Hebrews chapter 1 has a word for us. It's a word that we can hang on to through this crazy season. Jesus is the reason for the season. But sometimes all that comes with the season can cause Jesus actually to get pushed to the side. And that's what we don't want to let happen this year. We want him to be first. We want to let go of all these things that are crowding in. We want to experience that peace that the angels on that first Christmas morning experienced. I mean, shared. What did they say? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. The fact that that baby was born in Bethlehem, the fact that God sent his son, what, for what purpose? I want you to look at this right here. There's Mary, there's Joseph, there's the baby. But what's behind that? The cross. What a picture. That little baby, that little baby, would go to that cross so that we could know God, so that we could have a relationship with the creator of the universe, with God Almighty, that we could have a relationship with him. And that's so appropriate that that cross is right behind the picture of that little baby because that's not all that matters right there. What matters is what happened at the end of his life, when he gave his life for us. Because you see, we're tainted with sin. We're born with a sin nature. And so God, looking for the perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty of our sin, had to send Jesus. God in the flesh. God had to come to earth and become a man so that he, he was the only one who was perfect could die for us. That's incredible. And I want you to know this. 
if you had been the only person on this earth, he would have come for you. He loves us that much. He didn't want us to die in our sin. He wanted to have a relationship with us. Jesus, our glorious king. And ladies, he's so worthy of our attention and our worship. I just did a conference, and a lady was there, and she spoke right before I did about worship. And I'll tell you what. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit convict you? I'm sure you have if you're a believer in Jesus Christ because he promises us he will discipline us. And this lady was sharing about worship, and she said, you know, you might think worship is the singing. No. No, worship is in the heart. It's when we bow our heart before the Lord and we give him the reverential awe that he so deserves. But you know what? So many times when I'm singing in church, worshiping, you know what I'm thinking about? What are we going to have for lunch? Hmm. And, you know, I sing those words because I know the words, right? Singing the words, but my mind is nowhere there. It's another, in another place. And boy, did the Holy Spirit convict me. And now it's like, oh, God, I really do want to worship you. I don't want to think about all these other things or Mary next to me that has the most gorgeous sweater. I wish I had a sweater like that. You know, it's amazing how quickly your brain goes somewhere else, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. But, oh, God, I want to worship you. And that's what I hope we're going to do right now as we get in his word. Worship him. Worship him with our thinking, putting our thoughts on him. Worship him with just adoring who he is and what he's done for us. So if you have your Bibles, if you don't, if you have your phone, do you want to do that? Or, but don't go to social media. No, no, no. <laughs> Okay. See, they think you get away with it. They don't know what I'm looking at. Right. But I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 1. This is an awesome, awesome, and I have my little, my little thing here. Okay, boom. Hebrews chapter 1 starts this way. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers, by prophets and if you remember the old testament right when god wanted to speak to man he would send a prophet and the prophet would come and the prophet would share what god had spoken to his heart if you'll remember when the uh, the priest eli he had some bad boys bad sons and God kept speaking to Eli, you need to talk to the boys, you need to discipline the boys, you need to do blah, 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 blah. But Eli wasn't listening. And you know what, he did, what God did? God woke up little Samuel. Little Samuel was sleeping in the next room. And God kept calling him, Samuel, Samuel. Because you see, Samuel was willing to listen. Am I willing to listen? And so God sent the message that he had for Eli through Samuel. He wants to speak to us today. Then he spoke through the prophets. And then in verse 2 it says, has in these last days spoken to us how? By his son, Jesus. Jesus is superior. 
it's talking in this chapter, he's superior to the prophets. He's superior to the angels. Who spoke on that first Christmas morn? The angels. They're the ones that came and said to the shepherds, this day is born in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels were telling what was happening. But now we have his son. And the hope is that we will use this season as we're celebrating his birth to meditate on who he is. Meditate on his glory. So he's spoken in times past in various ways. Verse 2, these last days by his son. Now he tells us something very interesting about his son. In these last days he's spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things. Wow. Through whom also he made the worlds. Two very interesting facts about the son. He's the heir of all things. God the Father has made the son the heir. Now, guess what? As adopted children, we become co-heirs with Jesus. Is that exciting or what? Because I don't know if y'all have seen that sign on the back of campers. We're spending our children's inheritance. <laughs> Ain't nothing going to be there for you. But hallelujah, you're going to have an inheritance in heaven with Jesus. Is that cool or what? I am so excited about that. Turn with me if you have your Bibles, if you don't listen, to Galatians chapter 4. And this is an awesome passage. And it talks about our God and how amazing he is in what his plans are all about. Listen to this. Verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. The fullness of time. When was it promised or God promised that he would send a savior? You remember when? Way back in the Garden of Eden. That's when God said he would send a Savior. Why? Because Adam and Eve disobeyed. Because Adam and Eve sinned. And that sin that entered them now disqualified them for heaven. But God said, I will send a Savior. I'll send someone to pay that penalty for your sin. And finally, in the fullness of God's timing... Ladies, did you know God's timing is perfect? For us, sometimes it seems like it's forever. God, you forgot. God, you're not hearing my prayers. And he says, will you trust me? He's seldom early, but he's never late. God has the perfect time for everything. Jesus was sent at the exact time that God planned for him to come to earth. He sent forth his son to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons, as daughters. And then it says, and because you are daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Abba, Foo, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But then, indeed, when you did not know God, you served those 
which by nature are not God's, but now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, did you know that? Did you know you're known by God? Did you know he knows every hair on your head? As you get older, a lot of them leave, too. Yeah, and he knows those. He knows so much about us. Isn't it incredible? The amazing thing is knowing everything about us, that he still loves us. That's amazing, isn't it? Because a lot of times we hide things we don't want people to know about us. In fact, um, my daughter just sent me a powder you can put in your head if you've got little ball spots, and it just hides them away. They never know. It's powder, not hair. Woohoo! God knows all about it. He knows everything. He knows your heart. He knows what you're going through. He knows when you feel down. He knows when you feel stressed. He knows when you have no money. He knows everything. And ladies, he loves you so much, even knowing all about you. That's the amazing thing. You have been adopted by God. You're a co-heir with him. Now we're going to turn to Romans 8 because guess what? Surprise, surprise. We find the same thing in Romans 8. And we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. It says this. That's Romans 3. That's not what I'm looking for. Okay, 8. It says this. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So many times when I'm afraid, when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, the rock of Jesus that I can hang on to. Ladies, things come in life we're not expecting, we're not thinking are going to come, and they come, and we get afraid. But hallelujah, we can cry out to Jesus. We can cry out to him, and he's there. Abba, Father, oh, I need you, God. How I need you. Every hour I need you. Isn't that the truth? Aren't you thankful you can cry out to him? You know what? Maybe your earthly father didn't give you all the attention that you wanted. But let me tell you something. Your heavenly father is there for you every day, every hour, every minute, every second. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Oh, my goodness. My hair color changed all the time. You go to the airport, and they look at your uh, your license, and they go, yeah, yeah, it's me, it's me, right? We change. We change in our taste. When I was a young girl, my mother and father were Southern, and they had all manner of crazy vegetables they fed us, like okra and lima beans and things like that. I know, I feel the same way now, but I didn't then. I didn't like them one bit. And my dad, you must stay till you eat it all. You know that. Well, I'm, sometimes I kind of put it up under the table because I didn't want to eat it all. But I do now. Oh, my goodness. I went to a restaurant, and they had a big buffet. And guess what they had? Fried okra. I was so excited. My brother was standing right here in front of me getting his plate first. I was so excited. When he put some okra on his plate, I grabbed one of them and popped them in my mouth. <gasps> oh, and then I look. It wasn't my brother. <laughs> oh. 
I am so sorry. <laughs> I thought you were my brother. I'm sure he was thinking, oh, brother, one of these crazy women. It says in verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Our, cha our tastes change, but he never changes. He's always there, and he's always God for us. He's mighty God. He's powerful God. He knows everything about your life and the circumstances you're facing. I love how God operates. I love how he makes it known to me that he's with me, that he never changes in his love for me, even though sometimes I don't do what I should do. I'm just confessing. But don't go here out of here and say anything. What happens here stays here, right? <laughs> but I can go to him. Abba, Father, forgive me. And it says in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it says, and if your children, which you are if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, then you are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. See, God is honest. He doesn't promise us a rose garden, but he does promise us he's with us. When I lost my 19-year-old daughter, she was murdered by her boyfriend. I'm going to tell you what. That's not something I ever, ever, ever thought would happen in my life. But I want to say this. When that happened, my God was with me every step of the way. He was there with his comfort, with his strength to get through all of that, to get through the trial of the man that killed him. I mean, God was faithful and it wasn't anything I could do or anybody else could do but God sovereign God comforted me and strengthened me and enabled me he's faithful we're co-heirs as we suffer we also will be glorified with him what awesome promises ladies were heirs. And then it says, Jesus, through Jesus, the worlds were made. Isn't it interesting how the world comes against that? Right? Oh, no, is a big bang. Oh, my. It takes more faith to believe that than to believe that God created the world, put everything together, made it as it was. It didn't have to bang in order to be there, right? Praise God for that. He is all in all. And Jesus was there at creation. He is the word that was spoken when the creation took place. In John 1, 1 through 5, it says this, In the beginning was the word, Jesus, and the word, Jesus, was with God. And guess what? The word was God. Jesus is God in the flesh. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus, Jesus, the one who through him the worlds were made. Jesus, I love it. And then we look at Hebrews Chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 3. 
who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Wow. He is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, God in the flesh. God's glory, Jesus outshining from him, not only the literal light, but we see God's glory in his creative abilities, right? My goodness, when you look at a sunset over the ocean, when you look at the mountains, when you look at animals that God's created, butterflies, I mean, it's so incredible. God is amazing how he puts all these things together, right? Those are called his invisible attributes, because what they're doing is they're screaming of who God is, of how amazing God is, how magnificent God is, how creative he is. All of these things scream of his glory. In scripture, many times, his glory is manifested in visible brightness. Remember when Moses went up the mountain and he was with God? He didn't see God face to face, but he was with God. And God wrote with his hand the Ten Commandments on the stone. And when Moses came down, what about his face? It was shining brightly. Wow. Because he had been in God's presence. That brightness. Other scripture speaks of his creation testifying of his glory and his holiness. As God is perfect and righteous and holy. And he says to us, be holy as I am holy. But you know what? In and of myself, I can't be holy. But when I have Jesus in me, he can enable me to have holiness, be holy. Jesus is the brightness or the light or the radiance of God's glory, the express image of God's person, the exact expression of God's nature. All the perfection and beauty of God the Father is found in the Son. God, Father, is the God of glory and we see his glory poured out on us, guess how? By his grace. I used to think, you know, the verse that we quote, it's by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. I kind of left grace at the door. I didn't realize grace, his grace was going to be necessary all the rest of my life. Grace to bring me to salvation, grace, grace to save me, but it's an ongoing partaking of his grace. In Ephesians, it says he can give us grace to forgive. Ooh, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Because sometimes I don't want to forgive. She hurt me. He hurt me. I'll never forgive. And Hebrews chapter 12 says, when we say, I'll never forgive, a root of bitterness forms in our heart. And that root of bitterness, God's word says, will defile many that we come in contact with. I had a root of bitterness toward my husband. I did. I didn't even love him anymore. He was a pastor. 
I was a pastor twice. Did you know they could do things like that? Because they're human like you. And I'll tell you what, I didn't love him because I had allowed a root of bitterness to grow in my heart. But guess what? God knew all about it. And God opened my spiritual eyes to see the truth. God opened my... You know, if I bought a card for him, it would say, God bless you, brother. I couldn't say, you're so wonderful. But God showed me. Why? Why was I having a hard time loving him? Because I had a root of bitterness. And that root of bitterness, you know what it does? It blinds you. It blinds you to your own sin. It blinds you to who you're all about. And you have that disgruntled, angry, I want to do you in feeling. You know what I mean? Until the Holy Spirit, because listen, it's not about hurting him. It's about hurting me. The Holy Spirit came and showed me the truth about it, showed me the anger, showed me the, the uh, hatred that I had toward him. And the Holy Spirit also gave me the grace. Because in that portion of Scripture in Hebrews, it says we come short of the grace. It's like God says, here's grace. Here's grace to love the unlovely. Here's grace to love the person that's hurt you. And I say, no, I'm going to remain in my anger and my hatred. But it's bondage. And God wants to set us free. And I love the fact that I can go to my Abba Father. Oh, Father, forgive me. Forgive me and cleanse me. And my husband had the same thing. He had anger toward his father. Isn't that incredible? It just perpetuates itself, doesn't it? He had anger toward his father, and then he had anger toward me, and then I had anger toward him. Oh, wow, what a mess. But God knew about all of it. And God showed him, and God showed me at the same time and set us free. And I'm going to tell you what, woo, honey, that love is flowing. <laughs> it's a good thing, 55 years worth, whoa. Our God is so faithful. He didn't want us to stay there. He wants to pour that out, that grace out. That's his glory. When he pours out his grace in our life, it enables us to let go of that anger and that unforgiveness. That's, a, that's an act of God in itself. It's glorious. I love it. God is so faithful. In Colossians 1.15, it says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth. By the power of his word, he bears, he sustains all things by the arm of his power. Did you know you were being sustained by the power of God? Isn't that incredible? I love it. He upholds all creatures that he has made. And that means you and me. When you're going through a stressful time this Christmas season, cry out to him. He wants to show you the abundance of his grace, the abundance of his faithfulness. When you don't know what to do, when you are overwhelmed, oh God, show me. Show me what to do. Show me where to go. Show me how to get through this season. You're so faithful. You know, uh, my daughter was going through a, a situation last year. It was actually a, a year ago. And uh, she, she lives in Belgium, and they hadn't had a car for a year. And a friend of theirs was getting rid of their car. 
and they had promised that they would sell the car to my daughter for a very low price. Well, at the last minute, they changed their minds. And my daughter was so disappointed. She had counted on this for so long, so disappointed, she was angry. You ever been angry? Ever been angry with God? Well, she called me. You know how they are. They like to just throw up all over you. Right? As if you could do anything. Right? I wish I had a magic wand. I'll make a car for you. But So I proceeded to give her scripture because I want her to know truth and be encouraged, right? That's not the way to go when they're angry. (laughs) I don't want to hear the G word, she told me. (laughs) Oh, boy. So I finally figured out, just keep your mouth shut. There's a book. Did you know that? It says, keep your mouth shut, but the door open. (laughs) Interesting. It's a good book. Anyway, so I got off the phone. This is what God did. I open, I have a little daily light, you know, daily light, it's a devotional. It's, it's an awesome devotional that a man in England wrote years and years ago for his family to have for family devotions. And all it is is scripture. It's just one scripture after another. So I picked up my daily light for that day, opened it up because it has it for each day's reading. And guess what it said? Sit still, my daughter. <laughs> oh man, did God send me a telegram or what? And then all the scriptures were about keeping your mouth shut. (laughs) Lord, I get it. I get it. He's so awesome. When we have all this confusion and and we don't know which way to go, and and we we know we can't change their brains, but God can do a work, right? Okay, about a week later, she called me, and she said, Mama, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I've already told God I'm sorry. Okay. But listen. God had a deeper work to do. He wanted to show his grace. He wanted to show his glory to her. And guess what happened? She fell off a scooter, and the scooter fell down on top of her leg and broke her leg in many places. Here's a mama with three children and four sets of stairs within her house. Yeah, it was bad. I had to go over there to Belgium for six weeks. I felt every single 75 years that I had, every one of them, with three little kids and her in a wheelchair and me going up and down all those stairs. But let me tell you what, God was doing a work. And she just recently, here it is a year later, she just recently put this on Facebook. She said, wow, has God ever done a work in me? This year, I'm thankful for my broken leg because as I broke my leg, God showed me that I was broken inside. Ladies, that's a work we can't do in anybody's life. But God, but God, his grace, his mercy, his love. And she said, this is the greatest lesson that God's ever taught me. I feel like Jacob, when Jacob wrestled wrestled with God, and God taught him, and Jacob walked with a limp after that, and she said, now I'm walking with a limp, but I thank God for it, because God has showed me my relationship with him, and, and God now is entering her into a whole new ministry with a bunch of military kids in Brussels, Belgium, at the military base, who don't know Jesus, 
and she's so excited about this ministry. But you see, God had to do a work in her heart. Can her mama do the work? No, but God can. That's God's glory being shown. His radiance. Listen, we are not the radiance of God. Jesus is. Jesus is. Did you know that the moon doesn't have its own light? The moon receives its light from the sun. The moon is a reflection of the sun. Listen, you are a reflection of God himself. Jesus is the radiance. You're the reflection. That's so awesome. Now, in 2 Corinthians, real quick, because I probably am over time, but that's okay. You're going to get your food. Don't worry. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this in verse 5. It says this. I'm just now getting to preaching. You just wait and see. <laughs> uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 says this. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being of our, from ourselves. Our sufficiency is from God. Can you say amen to that? I don't have any sufficiency. My sufficiency is from him. And then it says in verse 18, I love this. It says, but we all with unveiled face. That means we know Jesus. Your face is veiled when you know, don't know him. But now we have an unveiled face. We with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Do you see what it's saying? As I behold Jesus, how do I behold him? I behold him in his word. I behold him as I pray, as I talk to him, as I fellowship with him. I'm beholding him. I behold him as I worship as I'm singing those songs, but I really am thinking about him and thinking about those words. As I behold him in fellowship, you coming here today, you're putting aside the Christmas tree, the presents, and all the stuff you got to do, saying, I'm going to spend a few moments with Jesus. You're beholding him, and as you're beholding him, guess what's happening? You're being transformed by the Holy Spirit. Because, listen, I want to look like Jesus. I want to act like Jesus. I want to show forth the glory of God, Jesus in me by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to show at Christmas time. That's showing he's the reason for the season, right? It's not about me. It's not about my love. You know, that same daughter, when she went in the hospital to have surgery on that leg, that was back in March. Well, this week, she went back to that hospital because her daughter had bronchitis. She took her to the hospital. And the attending physician, a lady, said, you've been in this hospital before with your leg. She said, yes, I have. I I'm so surprised you remember me. She said, I remember you because you stood out. You had joy. You had joy. You were smiling. I knew you were in a lot of pain, but you were, you were joyful. Listen, that's the glory of God shining through in the worst situations, right? That's it. God's glory. He wants to shine it through you. You're the vessel. I want to give you one other verse. Actually, two. <laughs> one verse. I'm loquacious. I like to talk. Okay. 
2 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this. I love it. Verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always, what does always mean? Always. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. Is that a glory hallelujah? He always leads you in triumph. No matter how bad it looks, he's leading you in triumph. And look what it says. Guess what? And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You're, you're not the fragrance. He's the fragrance, right? But how many of you remember those perfume bottles? You pour the perfume in and you go, had a little rubber thing on it. It's called a diffuser, right? Stinky perfume. I remember this perfume called toilet water. Why? Why would anybody call perfume toilet water? And who would want to spray it on them? Oh my goodness. Your perfume of you is toilet water. Right? You don't want them to smell you. When I'm stressed, I stinketh. Right? So my perfume when I'm stressed it is not anything wonderful to smell. But when I'm letting Jesus rule, then that fragrance of Jesus, I'm the bottle. Right? I want to spread forth his fragrance, his beauty, his joy, his love, his peace that can only come from him. And I love this because it says we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we're an aroma of death leading to death. In other words, they're rejecting Jesus. But to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Not us in and of ourselves. Because what did he say back in chapter 3? We're insufficient. But our sufficiencies in him. You can get through this Christmas season in his sufficiency. To do what you can't do on your own. And the last verse is in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. And this is what it says. For it is God. This is verses 6 and 7. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. And that's what he is. His glory is light. Let light shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You're just the clay pot. You're the earthen vessel. I'm a cracked pot. But the bigger the cracks, the more the light can shine through, right? Hallelujah. It isn't about us, is it, ladies? It's about Jesus and letting his light shine through us. Now, when you were a little kid, you sang a song, This is the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? Hide it under a bushel. No. I had no clue what a bushel was. I still didn't have a clue. I looked it up the other day. A bushel is a basket that they put corn in or beans or whatever. It's the basket to carry it. Okay. You would not take a basket and put it on top of your light if your only light is a candle. You're not going to put it, a bushel over it because it would squelch the light. In Philippians chapter 2, God tells us what the bushel can be. Guess what? Do you have any idea? 
What can the bushel be in your life to hide your light? It says this, verse 14. Do all things. How many are all? Everything. With Yeah, everything. Without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation uh, who, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You see, that bushel grumbling and complaining can hide the light. That glory of God that we see in Jesus, that he wants to shine through us. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, Christmas is all about light. Lights on the tree, lights in the house, little, little lights that now they're automatic. You don't even have to plug them in. Isn't that nice? All these lights. Am I going to be a light? Or am I going to have bushel face? <laughs> right? Am I going to have bushel attitude? Am I going to have bushel actions? I just want to say, this little light of mine, I want to let it shine. How about you? Let's make that determination today. Jesus, I want to get close to you this, this Christmas. I don't want to, you know, a lot of times that's when my devotions get pushed to the side. I get busy. It's not worth it. I want this little light to shine. I want to be God's radiance in me. Earthen vessel letting his light shine through me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. I thank you, God, that when he finished that work on the cross, that he sat at the right hand of the Father. And, oh, God, that now we partake of his grace, of his mercy, of his ability to let our light shine and to be a, a beautiful fragrance among our families, our friends, our neighbors, people maybe that are disgruntled or upset. Lord, let our light shine, we pray. Oh, God, may we yield ourselves to you in every way and let our light shine. Thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.